6.30 Chad Afternoons with Jalen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chad. I wanted to get into this as well today. There is a, a new report that says educators and administrators need uh, more support to start tackling racism in schools in a more comprehensive way. The report was done by the John Humphrey Center for Peace and Human Rights following a series of workshops across the province. They were held in Edmonton, Calgary, Lethbridge, Red Deer and Slave Lake. A list of recommendations came out of those workshops and put into a report called Action Alberta. Angelica uh, Quesada is the Director of Research and Evaluation at the John Humphrey Centre. Thanks for joining me this afternoon. No, thank you, Jalen, for inviting me. Hey, uh, who have you seen in concert the most? <laughs> Start with that. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's funny because I don't have the same cultural uh, uh, bringing, uh, bringing that all of you. Yeah. So I have seen a lot of Latin bands. Um, I love, uh, I saw one, uh, what was it, Prisioneros last time? I think I've seen it a couple of times, but they're from Argentina. Oh, beautiful. From Chile. Oh, my friends from Chile are going to hit me. They're from Chile. Prisioneros <laughs> are amazing. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. Doesn't matter where, you are, where you're where you from, music brings us all together. I, I always believe that. Let's start with this. Um, tell me about these workshops that were held last fall across the province. What what were you hearing? Give, give us some insight about what people were talking about when they came together on this. Sure. And so just let me uh, clarify a little bit. So the, the workshops happen in five uh, cities and towns in Alberta. Yeah. Um, and the intention was to talk about racism and discrimination in general. Okay. Um, but in Edmonton, we focus on in schools because we were hearing a lot about people talking about racism in schools and the importance of as a community coming together. And not leave it only as the responsibility of the government or the school uh uh, government of the school bodies, but rather as a community members to join around what do we do as parents, as students, as um, community members to tackle it. And so that's why we we got together and we brought this conversation specifically about schools in Edmonton. The rest of the cities, they did it um, in general about okay. racism and discrimination. Yeah. So, okay. Interesting. Interesting. Um, so when it comes to specifically the, the schools in Edmonton, um, well, what were you hearing on that front then? Okay. So we were hearing a few things. So um, the, the, the report has seven points that kind of clarify how people were talking about what are their experiences with racism in schools? And so, for example, we were talking about the expectations of a student. So what is expected from students that are from one race or from one ethnic group and what is expected from others? How sometimes um, the path that they walk depends a lot on what is advised to them, but advised according to the expectation of the people that is advising them. Um, for example, in terms of... Um, discipline or the parental exclusion in schools. So, for example, parents are trying to get uh, schools to talk about what is happening with their children, but they don't feel welcome in many occasions mm. or they don't feel that they have access because working hours coincide with the hours of the school. And if we're talking about parents that are not only racialized, but they have two or three jobs to make ends meet or that are single parents, then it's really difficult to uh, to actually have access to school when the access is limited yeah. to one kind of parent. Um, so the intersections between racism and poverty or uh, family compositions are really important. Um, we were hearing about parents who were trying to address the issue uh, or bringing up to the attention of the school, but they didn't find a ways to do it, either because they couldn't find access to school or because they didn't feel that their complaints were welcome mm. or they were scared 
and they had to like back up thinking that their kids might have taken um, some kind of consequences mm. for what they were saying. So sometimes parents decide just to take the kids out of the school or move them to different schools or even homeschooling out of the experiences of, that they are living in school. Wow, there there is uh, there is a lot there. You're you're pointing when you talk about that that intersection of. Um uh, you know the poverty and mm-hmm. jobs and you know timing and and, and, and the school mm-hmm. hours and I never had I hadn't thought I hadn't thought of that but that's yeah. that's a really interesting really interesting point if you have a concern how when can you bring it up if you know that 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 was something that I think that uh, is probably a, a little bit of an eye-opener for a lot of folks mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah that's and it's only one of the things like when they're discipline, uh, disciplining uh, consequences for your child, but you don't have the access to school. So it gets more convoluted and more nuanced, right? Because if you have to go to meet with principals or with teachers because of discipline um, or, or perhaps concerns about your children, then how do you do that and how do you make it accessible to yourself? So you can be that advocate for your child, but all that mediator of power between students and schools and, and principals and all that. So it is important that we get access and that we have, uh, that the school help us facilitate that to, to different kinds of parents. One of the things that was stated, uh, you know, one of the, the recommendations was that education districts need to establish a system-wide central policy on, on mm-hmm. anti-racism. Is a, is a central policy? What what would a central policy do you think look like? What would it what would it what would it achieve? What what would have to be in there for it to be effective? Yeah. So so actually, what is happening right now is that students and teachers and and some um, administration um, and members of the administration of school they're starting to do things or they have been doing things for some years in terms of addressing racism. Some of them are really successful and they share with us during their workshops. Um, but then as soon as there is a change on administration, which happens frequently in schools, a change of principal, then mm-hmm. these programs have to be redesigned or have or installed while the principal gets familiar with it and feels comfortable about them. So there, um, if, there is no, if there is no centralized policy, um, then it, 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 the, the action is left to the decision of the administrator, which shouldn't be that way, right? But, but the schools are starting to work that way, and that is amazing because um, uh, Edmonton Public Schools has sanctioned a policy, and Edmonton, uh, the Catholic district, is doing a lot of research on racism, and they are veering towards that path. Now, the thing is, like, we, it, it is really important that that policy is, this, is uh, um, accompanied by budget lines. How are you getting there? What yeah. are the targets? How is community? How are community members and students and teachers, racialized teachers and students and parents, involved in, in achieving those goals? Because we want to be part of it again. And you can see the calls to action are the, the some of them are to the community, some of them are to universities, some of them are to the government. So we're seeing a comprehensive picture in which we all have responsibility. But the the centralized policy will help us uh, maintain that path and make it. Doable, and and I think it's interesting to, to, to for everyone does, I, and it's not just you know school districts, it's not school boards, it's probably every workplace mm-hmm. is that when you start working and you start walking down this path and taking a closer look uh, about mm-hmm. um, you know what that policy is going to look like, an anti-racism policy is going to look like, a diversity policy is going to look like in in your workplace, mm-hmm. is you know when you talk about putting out that 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 um, that 
that central policy, but also really being gentle with selves as well and knowing that, you know, this is a learning process for mm-hmm. many, many, many. And um, I, I, I fear and I worry that some folks or some places of, of business, of employment, might think it's too big of an issue to tackle, mm-hmm. so they stay away from it, mm-hmm. right? Is, yeah. it, is that something that you, that you hear? Because I think that some people are, are fearful of, you know, opening a can of worms and thinking, oh, how do I do this and not screw it up? Mm-hmm, exactly. And I think that that's why having the policy that has like guidelines that become the guideline, not the guideline, but the, what is expected from schools, but that schools have the liberty in a way to discuss what does it mean for the institution? Because yeah. as I said, there are many that are already walking this path. There are students that are doing great work, um, that are holding, holding workshops, that are um, educating their peers. So that is happening. But it's just like making sure that is like that we assign budget lines for that, that we assign expectations for that, and having the community there will help people that do not have mm-hmm. the lived experience. Because the other thing that came in the report is like uh, the administration and the teachers are not diverse, mm. so they don't know how to work this path because they don't have that experience. Yeah. So please bring us in, and we will show you how like little things can be done from the beginning to keep walking this path. And again, it's not going to happen in one year. It's going to take years, but we need to start walking it. Yeah, you need to start walking it. Uh, Angelica Mm -hmm. Caseda joining me this afternoon. Thanks for your time. I appreciate it. No, thank you so much. I'm I'm really happy um, to share as well that in June, we're going to try to bring all stakeholders again together um, to keep talking about how do we apply these calls to actions. We want to take it further and show exactly that. It's like, what are the little steps and the big steps and let's work them together in in harmony and sympathy, but also challenging each other to make sure that we that we get there. I look forward to hearing more about it in June. Yeah. Thanks for this. Thank you. Yeah. Have a good day. Yeah, take care. Again, uh, Angelica Casada is uh, the uh, Director of Research and Evaluation at the John Humphrey Center.